The Behind the Wall podcast is presented by Dano Seasoning. Great cooks use real spices, and that's exactly what you'll get when you use Dano's. It's the best Dan seasoning on the market. Taste and see why we say, you don't know till you Dano. Get some today at danoseasoning.com and use our code Behind the Wall at checkout. The most exciting sport in the world. NASCAR. NASCAR. It's not an opinion. It's fact. And we're fanatics. This is the Behind the Wall podcast. Brought to you by Behind the Wall Media. If it's race recaps, previews, driver news, results, schedules, and anything else NASCAR, we are your premier podcast. Flying by the seat of our pants. The Behind the Wall podcast with your host, Henry Hobbs, Josh Slate, Adam Thomas, and Jay Young. Welcome back to another edition of the Behind the Wall podcast. Got Jay, Josh, I'm Henry. I do want to start this show off on a serious note. Uh, I did say some things last week. Uh, I kind of regret. Uh, it's really been bugging me, and I've, I've, I would be remiss if I didn't spend some time to start the podcast out uh, by addressing these issues. Uh, last week on the podcast, I did say that uh, the Indianapolis road course is a terrible track. It's a terrible idea. We're going to get terrible racing. Uh, it's, you know, just Indy in general. Um, I was wrong. I regret it. I should have given it a chance. If, if I could uh, if I could give a piece of advice to anyone, it's give give something new a chance. You know, you never know if it's going to surprise you. And I was delightfully surprised this past week. Um, so I will say I've, I've always been anti Indy road course or Indianapolis in general. Uh, but I'll go ahead and just say it. I am pro road course. I'm anti oval still. But, you know, NASCAR Cup Series, they, they can stay. That's all I got. Wow. That was touching, and I appreciate you sharing those words. But the racing, the the racing was okay. It, it was oh, good. Okay. When, the, when okay. the pack was bunched up, I think, like, it was really close racing. Towards the end, when Larson got the big lead, like, I was kind of glad to see the caution come out because it was spicing it up. But I'd say we both talked about it. It's, like, better than what we both thought it would be. I don't know. I've I'm fine with two road courses, three road courses max. I'm not a huge road course fan, but this race didn't disappoint. It's still it's not the brickyard. It's it's the road it's course better. inside Indianapolis. It I don't wouldn't say it's better. It was different. But, oh uh, no, it's way better. Yeah, the ratings say otherwise. When we get a 1.8 rating and 2.8 million viewers Buddy, compared to last year's 2.7 you gotta, you gotta look at the, and 4.3. Look at the trends. Don't you, they couldn't even watch it in North Nelson, Carolina. The Nielsen freaking the, the Panthers preseason game was on NBC in North Carolina, so they couldn't watch it on their TV. Where's the NASCAR base, North Carolina? I don't know. I uh, racing was I good. I thought it was fantastic. It, it was it was okay. Xfinity always provides, and 
they did it, but it, it was good racing. I just hate how it ended. It's just kind of like a really bad look, and we're going to get into it later, so it's like, let's just stick to the racing aspect the ending, of it. The ending was incredible. The ending the ending was wild. When you get the green was, light checkered and... I was screaming. I feel so bad for Denny Hamlin and Chase Briscoe, because... Chase said he didn't know we had a penalty. Haven't got a chance to listen to his in-car audio for all Oh, it, it makes sense. I, I I listened to it yesterday, and it's it's obvious that his radio is messing up. Like you, you could barely understand what was being said on his end. So it makes sense. Uh, I think the biggest takeaway from this weekend is that curbing uh, can bite you in the butt, and also Denny Hamlin has major issues with anyone named Chase. <laughs> good point good point but it's like we've got some odd rivalries this year we got Quinn Howe versus Ryan Newman you get Chase Briscoe versus Denny Hamlin I guess that's a little bit more normal considering Stuart Haas well last year he used to be a top tier team I don't know what's really happened to him this year but it's just interesting how different Larson Christopher Bell people. yeah Larson and Christopher Bell I'm surprised that hasn't been more of a rivalry just considered like how much they've raced against each other over the couple, over the past years. Just think, like, chili bowls, dirt races here and there, and then they go and race in the Cup Series together. It's just, it baffles me that there hasn't been a bigger rivalry between the two. Yeah. I thought I thought overall, I, I really enjoyed the race. I'm not a huge road course fan. I, I said last week, uh, Watkins Glen is by far the best road course on the NASCAR no schedule. I still, I still stand behind it. However, it, this this the racing was exciting. You had your strategy calls. Uh, you had uh, points battles with Tyler Reddick gaining an absurd amount of points, winning both stages. Uh, you know, we saw wrecks. We saw tempers flaring. We saw insane restarts. So, I, I mean, if I had a list, which I kind of do in my mind, I haven't written it out. But if I if I were to have a list, I would be checking every single box because I love good restarts. I love wrecks. I love battles for the lead. I love drama. I love strategy. You know, there are points that you mentioned that where they got strung out and it was kind of kind of boring. I missed the first part of the race because honestly, I thought it started later and I was taking a nap. So I missed probably the first 10 laps. But overall, I mean, you can't you can't deny that it was it was a, it was a great race. And it was a shame that the the curbing had to come up and, you know, ruin a lot of people's days, but it also allowed there to be new drivers near the front. It gave Almendinger a chance to win. Uh, first of all, I will say that Almendinger was my dark horse last week. I was kind of halfway through the race. I was like, man, I should have just stuck with my gut and chase Briscoe, but you know, I guess it paid out overall though. Great race. I'm excited. I hope they keep the, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they will, but I'm, I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited to see the Indianapolis road course make, uh, another appearance next year on the schedule. Yeah, I uh, I think it will just because we got crashes not from the drivers doing it, but from the track coming up. So that was just – that was a bad look. It's just the track coming up, the curb. It's just kind of wild how it all happened. How is a full-out splitter? And, Jay, you're going to – you I know you loved seeing the splitter get stuck under the curb, but – Think if everybody's splitter got stuck under the curve, then we'd be going no splitter, and Jay would have that would have been 100% Jay's favorite race of NASCAR of all time. Yeah, um, gosh, the splitter incident. I mean, 
you know, all the drivers are obviously going to cut the track as short as possible. I mean, and drivers are always looking to shorten the distance wherever they can. So, I mean, can't really fault them for that. And at the same time, you know, I don't know if the curb was really designed for the way that the drivers were using it. And I think it was just a failure, an unforeseen failure. You know, you hate it for the the drivers who got taken out by it and you hate it for the track because it makes them look bad. But I really feel like, you know, there's nothing anybody could really do about it. Um, it was just taking a wear and tear. So, you know, I definitely advocate for the removal of the splitter. I just think that it would really, you know, from the smaller team's perspective, it would make them a little more competitive because the bigger teams really invest a lot into the splitter as well as the fact that, you know, I just feel like it would make the cars race a little better you know if you raise that ride height up a little bit too i feel like it would actually uh make them make the cars less air dependent more focus on driver skill but you know and then as well as the fact that you know you the splitter is just you tear the splitter up your race is done especially not maybe not so much on the road course but if you go to charlotte or not charlotte you know denny hamlin at texas you know spun through the grass made no contact with the wall but absolutely destroyed his splitter and, uh, you know, I see what Charlotte has done with adding turf in the infield. I think that was a good move. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think that, uh, you know, I'm, I was a little disappointed to see that the next-gen car wasn't moving away from the splitter. Jay, are you pro-jump on road courses? The jump was interesting. It almost reminded me of, like, Mario Kart, like a little Waluigi Stadium action or something Dude, like what that. Dude, if, what if it sped you <laughs> up if you if you hit the jump? The jump would be sick, you know. But, you know, why <laughs> stop there? I feel like we need to add a little item, mystery items, uh, bananas. I don't see why red shell wouldn't hurt. Blue shell? Uh, it's like that jump in, like, the NASCAR Heat video games that rode him, or it was Canadian Tire. And you just uh, gun yeah. it going up the hill and you like hit the invisible wall. But think <laughs> how much fun that's going to be in like NASCAR 21 ignition. I think it is. It's uh, going and like hitting that curve. And I wonder if they're going to do anything because they know people will just go like flying and do it. Or I guess we'll see how the physics are. Hopefully it's good. But you can just go and fly and destroy a race car through that. So that was it was funny because there was at one point Kyle Bush's car just like I guess hit like the first curve before it got taken up and then jumped over the turtle. I don't know if y'all saw that, but it was kind of cool. It like completely missed the turtle. It was off the air. Or Who had the, the air. best air time of the weekend? Chris Wright, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, Chris Chris Wright touched the moon. And he's a licensed pilot. That's true. He was he was very close to to joining the uh, Hob Musk team on the moon. <laughs> he's fixing to, to uh deliver us a car but i was i was surprised honestly i you know that was the most exciting jump that was uh over the weekend but i, I don't know who jumped in the on the uh in the indie series or any car series Scott but i was surprised there wasn't more damage especially that you know just the way the cars are built i would have figured that the way they would have hit the jump and the splitter would have just been obliterated but it looked decent what an indie car race yeah yeah, it's because those wings sit a little higher. But I know when Scott McLaughlin came back on track, he ended up tapping Jimmy Johnson and, like, I think messed up his front wing. But Jimmy, like, kind of laughed it off and put a post on social media talking about, like, good airtime, nice save, Scott. So that was cool. I didn't get a chance to see the Indy race. I was working, but I don't mm. know. Indy car just doesn't I didn't do watch it, it for either. me. 
I can't yeah, do that. It's, 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 it's not my not steez. I like F1. Yeah. I don't, IndyCar's just, I don't know, they're kind of the same, but it just, it doesn't do it. All right, so Josh, you we had a question from a fan this week, and we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it, so you want to go ahead and introduce the question or debate topic for the night? Yes, give me two seconds. I got to pull it up. You didn't have it pulled up? Go into the long list of questions Jay, all right, this week. Real all right, quick, so Josh, Josh mentioned chili bowl, and it made me think of chili. Best chili topping. I don't like chili. All right, you're irrelevant, Josh. <laughs> the best what in chili? Sorry. Best chili topping. Uh, cheese. Fritos. All right, go ahead. Oh, I didn't think about that. Have y'all ever had like the walk-in tacos in the Cheeto bag? Yeah. They had them at Thomas it's Dale great. football games, and they were fantastic. It's great when it's cold outside because it's like a hand mm-hmm. warmer, but you can eat the hand warmer. All right, so let's go into fan question. This one's really fun. I think we're gonna have a lot of fun. Uh, I guess breaking. Can you say this fun down. one more time? Fun, 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 fun. Can so, you spell it? Here we go. F U N. Sorry. All right. I'm, I'm saying, saying the ahead. other one to you. Uh, the N came hard. But uh, since road racing is such a large part of the schedule now, should NASCAR start to enforce proper track limit rules and penalties like IndyCar and F1? This question is asked by a loyal fan at Ryan Bats eighty seven on Twitter. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that no, but I think on the, the areas where you could cut the course off, like not, not a grassy area. Cause I mean, you could just destroy your car doing that. Uh, but on the, the areas like at, uh, Indianapolis road course, I'm a firm believer in that we need more turtles. So I would say, tur- uh, turtle the hell out of those corners. So if you hit it, you're gonna you're gonna destroy your car. It could end up decent, but the the risk first reward is pretty slim. Uh, so I don't think you need penalties, but uh, or the penalty would would be just a destroyed race car. Can we get a I like turtles soundbite in there for that? I don't have it. Gosh, I like turtles. I like turtles. What, was that good enough? Zombie kid. That... I don't know what zombie kid is up to. <laughs> I don't know, but who would I... win in a fight, zombie kid or peanut butter baby? <laughs> peanut butter baby is like a 40 year old so ah. i might have to go <laughs> peanut butter baby ah peanut butter baby or hasbula <laughs> oh hasbula or has the little Bula's girl that's pick. like i smell like beef what y'all have never seen that video i've seen that no no <laughs> i've not seen beef girl <laughs> it's golden but back to the question i think f1 is very I think there's no like set in stone. This is right. This is wrong. And there's a lot of judgment calls, which they don't let them really like bump and bang. Like we see in NASCAR, but it's a totally different thing in F1. Those cars are so much more fragile, but track limits are, I think something that NASCAR could implement because it's, we don't need the turtles because I think turtles do more bad than good yet. It produces cool jumps. Like we saw Chris Wright and Corey LaJoy do and everybody this weekend. But it's destroying race cars. The cur- curves are destroying it. There are so many people that were out on the lap one in the Xfinity race because of the t- turtles sitting there. So I think track limits would definitely be something that they can look into. But like I said, it's a judgment call. You need the line being painted there. If their tire touches the line or there's a gap, all four tires are beyond the white line or whatever color the line is, then we need them to get a penalty for it. So 
I don't know. F1 does a good job at track limits. I think NASCAR could take a page out of their book and do that no. because the turtles are just destroying race cars. Unless they who cares? Find some, they need to because there's people that weren't like weren't involved in the main incident in Xfinity race, like Brandon Brown. He was just back there, and a curb took him out of the race on lap one because it's just standing there in a racing spot. How are they supposed yeah, to do a restart there and go wide? Yeah, that was dumb. I don't, I, I don't, I don't understand why they That's, had that there. That was one of the spots where there could have been a line, and they could call track limits if you weren't supposed to go there. But why have the track paved if you don't want people to go there? That's how I look at I it. I think, I think with that though, you, you run into the issue that you know the cars you you want to see max speed, and especially on that corner. The uh, NASCAR the or the stock cars don't handle as well as IndyCar, so it's going to be tough for them to carry speed through that corner and not end up sliding uh, out of the way. So, uh, you know, right there, I don't know why the hell they had a, the curve. It made sense for Indy, but not for NASCAR. Uh, I, I just, I think you put turtles where there's a there's a where there's a spot to cut the course and actually gain position, uh, but other like runoff areas. I don't. I don't see an issue with that. Um, but maybe a why, double yellow line. I but mean, why have the turtles when? It, it, so look at that spot that they had the big turtle on that everybody took jumps in, and like Chris Wright, that one right in the I think it was like turn five and turn six chicane, like that. It, that turn is so narrow that you can't really do anything. You go in. Some of the people were just avoiding the incidents that were happening there, and then they go and destroy their race car trying to avoid it. Like, it was tearing up cars, and there's nowhere you can go. Especially if you're trying to go too wide through there. It was almost impossible for somebody to go too wide through that corner and not wreck. Well, I think there might have been good spots for turtles elsewhere, but I think that spot was extremely stupid. I want to look at this from a different perspective. Besides the turtles and the curbing and all that, I want to take a look at incidents where you had drivers going off track because they were forced off track. And I don't know if we already talked about this or if you guys already covered it, but the the main conflict, I guess, the, the one of the biggest headlines was was whether Chase Briscoe, you know, should have been penalized. And if you look at the replay, I genuinely think Denny Hamlin forced him off the track. And I think incidents like that are when you have to police it similar to the double yellow. If you force somebody below the double yellow on a super speedway, the person who gets who forces the car below the yellow line is the one who gets penalized. I think Chase Briscoe had nowhere to go when he was forced off the track. And when he rejoined the track, I think that's fair game because he went through the grass and it it hindered him. I mean, uh, he slowed down. He moved back to second. So really, I see no point in penalizing him there because he had nowhere to go. Otherwise, he would have been spun around. And I think somebody like Denny Hamlin probably should have gotten penalized for that if they're going to penalize for him. Or honestly, don't penalize anybody and just let them keep racing. I don't have a problem with that either. But I think at some point, you have to penalize people who intentionally force people off the track like that. Besides just the turtles, forcing people off track and then forcing the person who got forced off track to either do a pass-through or do a stop-and-go, I think is a little ridiculous. Yeah, I look at it like this. So they were going in at a corner side-by-side. And they can't. When Chase Briscoe got back onto the track, they were side by side. He never cut. He he cut the course. He got forced off course. And if he would have tried to join back in the pack, then there would have been a major wreck going into turn two. And when Chase Briscoe got back on track, he was not the leader. They were side by side, just as they were there. So 
in my opinion, I would have let him race back and just see how it played. Obviously, Chase Briscoe ended up losing a wheeled with lead, which wrecked Denny Hamlin later on. But I listened to an interview with him. He didn't sound like he meant to do it, which he could just be saying that they're racers. They know how to get away with that stuff. But I don't know. The penalty, I guess they're like, that's the rule. Like he cut the course and didn't come to a stop, but he didn't gain an advantage and he got forced off track, which caused that. So it, this is a touchy subject, but I don't know. There, well, I mean, that, it it would have been awesome to see Chase Briscoe win. The other thing is when you when the driver does go below the double yellow line, it's they only enforce a penalty if he advances his position. In this case, That's what Chase I'm Briscoe saying. Chase Briscoe lost actually spot. He was side by side and ended up behind Denny and that's where he got to the bumper of him. So from that perspective, I think that penalizing Briscoe was silly. And like I said, I would just say go ahead and don't penalize anybody. But if you're going to penalize somebody, I think it should have been the car that forced him off track to begin with. And then at that point, it wouldn't have created the situation. At that point, they would be racing for the win, which is what Chase thought they were doing. I mean, whether you call the spin a racing incident or dirty, you know, however you see it, either way, in that moment, he thought he was racing for the lead. And I can't really fault him for that. And Tony Stewart knew it too. I mean, he was at the end of the day proud of his driver for giving it all he had. I think there are too many variables for NASCAR to make a decision to penalize Denny Hamlin on that. I mean, you've got uh, forty, well, not forty, uh, well, thirty cars heading into the into turn one, which is a it's a sharp turn. Everyone's trying. It's it's basically the, it's the last restart of the day. Uh, you got cars pushing, you got cars shoving, so. You know, the accordion effect, someone gets pushed out of line, that sucks. But, I mean, I don't know if you can fault Denny Hamlin for that one. Uh, I, I, a lot of people preach. I don't I don't have an issue. I, I wish they wouldn't have penalized him because I thought the racing would have been insane if, you know, if even if uh, Chase Briscoe didn't turn Hamlin. But all the NASCAR fans are, are screaming, we want consistency. And, you know, at, a, at another road course, if someone cuts it like that, they're going to get penalized. So, I don't I don't blame NASCAR for the decision. I think it was it's one of those deals where everything's happening so fast that you've got to make a decision and either way some fans are going to be upset. Uh obviously you can't you can't win with NASCAR fans. So it, that was a lose-lose uh situation. I think NASCAR did the made the right call there. Um obviously it's not something where you can stop the field, let them decide and then, you know, restart them again. Uh but spur of the moment decision and penal uh and penalty i think nascar did well sucks but they did well yeah i don't know i think it's just like how jay was saying the double yellow line rule if you go down there if you force somebody down there and then it's okay but if you go down there he didn't gain an advantage he was side by side in my opinion it shouldn't have been a penalty and it would have created just like like you said amazing racing coming to the finish and I don't know. I wish it wasn't a penalty. Seeing a battle between Briscoe and Hamlin both trying to get wins because they don't know who's going to win the next few races. You got Michigan and Daytona, and I don't know why I'm so high on RCR at Michigan this year, but I think they have a shot to uh, go in there and do it. So I don't know. You just never know. There's three races left. Hamlin's pretty much locked. I think actually after that, he is locked into the playoffs. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know. It just sucks. I was that racing was awesome. Cool that AJ won, but would have been just an epic battle for the lead between Hamlin and uh, Chase Briscoe. 
Jay, I got bad news. Oh no, what is it? We didn't get sixteen winners in the regular season. Yeah. But we were close and we were trending yeah, that way. We were definitely trending towards that, you know. Larson dominance uh definitely didn't help as well as the fact that uh who would have thought Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin would be winless uh going yeah, they're, into they're not winning. Yeah. So it's uh pretty crazy, but you know, we had a good I was I'm so far I've been really happy with the regular season as far as a variety of winners go. Couldn't be Best happier. I wouldn't go that far, but I'd say it's pretty good. Yeah, nowhere near the best season ever, but it's uh, it's been okay. I think no, the racing's been, been, great. been great. The little Larson dominance part in the middle was kind of blank because you kind of like knew who was going to win every week. But yeah, I think if like different Hendrick guys won every week, it would have been okay. But that's like, but the summer months like in the season just like consistently aren't good. It's like something about the summer races. Just like I think it's the slate of tracks. They just but if you, never if you good. disliked the Larson dominance, get ready because we've we've had a little streak here where we've been racing at different tracks, but we're fixing to head to some uh, some speedways. So I think Larson's gonna jump back in the driver's seat. We're gonna see him. He's gonna win at Kansas for sure. Uh, Las Vegas, Texas. I mean, all these mile and a half tracks. It's it's tough for him to lose unless something crazy happens. So. Uh, get ready, buckle in, because it's it's about to be Larson season all over again. Uh, I do want to talk about uh, Kurt Busch. So today, uh, Tuesday the seventeenth, he had a uh, they had a little press conference slash media day at the uh, in South Carolina with the governor promoting Darlington and the Southern Five Hundred. Uh, Kurt Busch did say that he has had two offers for racing next year, and he did he did say. Uh, He's thinking about going to the booth, and I think that's going to be later on because he de- he really wants to race the next gen car. So obviously, we got to think that twenty three eleven is one of the one of the offers. But who do y'all think the second second team is? That's looking at him. I'm going to say colleague, just because they've got that second charter. And why wouldn't you want to run uh, two full time teams and give it a shot to make the playoffs with your team? So I think it'd be smart for uh, for uh, Matt colleague to bring in a veteran like Kurt Busch, who's going to bring the monster sponsorship. Uh, he's already got a, a, uh, relationship with Chevy. I think it's a good fit. I still think he's going to go 23, 11, but I think the the second offer is definitely got to be colleague racing. Yeah. I think, I think he's just could... waiting to see if uh 23, 11 can get a charter. If not, he's going colleague. Yeah. I think it's going to be a, uh, a Chevy team as the second one. Cause we know 23, 11, like that is, that's guaranteed that's already like been said so i think the other team could be a chevy team you said colleague but it could also be gms they're coming into the cup series next year with the next gen car and uh i don't know they uh i think if they have a driver that has money they i think they have a charter so they're gonna come in and they could use kurt bush they could start their team with him especially with the money that he brings with monster energy i think gms would be a Monster, shut up! Everybody says Monster. that. I say Monster, Monster. and Water. Everybody. Water. Yeah, but GMS I think could be a a pretty good spot for him, just money wise, and I guess everything, all the financials. Yeah, you know, and at this point in Kurt Busch's career, you know, he's still got some good uh, some good racing years ahead of him. But I feel like at this point in his career, 
he only wants a top tier ride or at least the opportunity to build a promising team into a top tier ride. So if you look at that, you know, colleague, you know, they're definitely promising. I feel like he could gain a lot um, by working with them and they could really develop their cup program to be competitive. Uh, GMS, you know, I could definitely see that as a possibility, but I think it's less likely. Um, I feel like Kurt really wants to work with a, a, t- a, t- a team that's either already established or getting ready to establish themselves. So 2311 makes a lot of sense in that regard. I actually initially thought that he would join Trackhouse, um, but they ended up going with Chastain. Um, so to me, once I saw that Chastain was going with Trackhouse, I pretty much, I pretty much think that he's going to 2311 as long as they can get the charter, um, cause he'll bring the sponsorship and the rest will be history. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you're not, you're not going to pull monster off of, uh, off of Kurt Busch anytime soon until he retires. And then I'm, I'm assuming they'll probably jump on with, uh, with someone else, uh, Ty Gibbs, once he gets to cup, I mean, there are, there are other drivers who, uh, monster seems to be in cahoots with, but I think for the time being, that's, that's Kurt Busch's sponsor. They're going to ride with it. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see where, where it ends up. And I think we're, we're kind of just in the waiting game, waiting on a, uh, a charter to become available. Uh, I don't know really where, uh, 2311 is going to get that charter. I mean, you definitely could pull a Starcom or uh, Rick Ware could lease a charter or sell a charter to him. Um, you know, it's, 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 there's a lot of unknowns right now, but I, I definitely see Kurt Busch either going to 2311 or to uh, College Racing. But I also saw today someone mentioned uh, uh, Tyler Reddick leaving RCR. I don't know. And that, it's just another uh, NASCAR Twitter rumor. I said but that two weeks wild, ago. How wild would it be? I that's why I was Kurt thinking that RCR. That's what I was thinking. Tyler Reddick would end up going to Trackhouse, and so yeah, I thought where, that where was going to happen. Go? I was thinking if Tyler Reddick went to Trackhouse. Yeah, but, but where the, would he I, go now? Uh, I think colleague maybe, but then it'd just be like a full circle. Whoever whoever doesn't go to like track house would go to colleague or but i don't know austin dylan's glued in there because our richard childress but tyler reddick i want to see him with a top tier team and like colleague even in like yeah they race plate races and road course races but equipment still like matters to an extent so they obviously have equipment that can win and they obviously have the money if they can field the uh cup or xfinity program that they have the top tier program that ross chastain didn't get a win in last year but yeah What's Justin Haley done this year? Justin Haley? He he won a race, didn't he? No. He's got zero wins. Uh, Almendinger's no. got two. Jeb Burton's got one. Justin Haley, big old donut. Jeb Burton got a fluke win, though. Nah, he's, he's still won. Bring if that's that a fluke win, then, uh, then uh, his uh, Coca-Cola... Or Coke Zero Sugar 400. <laughs> that was earned. Win. That was earned. <laughs> no, no. Cup you gotta, winner. You, you got to be consistent. Kurt like Busch should have won that like race. 
Kurt yeah, Busch should have won that one. Kurt Busch yeah. won that race. What race was that? Y'all know what I'm talking about? No, that yeah, was the, Brad Keselowski. Yeah, when he it's flipped, like Brad Keselowski won that race. When he flipped Carl race. Edwards at Talladega. Larry Mack just comes in. <laughs> Brad Keselowski won this race. Multiple times. He just says it over and over again. <laughs> I, I saw a montage on YouTube of every one of Brad Keselowski's like 30-odd wins, and they just play that soundbite over it. It's so funny. <laughs> Brad Keselowski is sneaky good with reporter names. Oh, yeah. You guys notice that? Yeah, it'll be Do like, well, Jamie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I want to ask him a question so bad, because it'll be like, you know, Josh? It'll just be cool. <laughs> Brad you know, Keselowski Joshua? will be a great owner. Mark my words. He already was with I DKR. So, I wish that team was still around. Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed his schemes. Those were cool. Copperfield or whatever the uh, he he gave rides to two future edge. cup cup guys, Austin Sindrick and Chase Briscoe. So that that was a while ago too. Jeez, it's been quite a time, quite some time since DKR was a thing. But I wish that team was back. Hopefully, Roush gets better with Brad Kozlowski's, I guess, financial assistance. I could definitely see well, honestly, Brad Keselowski turning into the type of driver owner that that Tony Stewart was. It's the same deal. I think if if Roush Fenway really wants to be a titan of the industry and uh, position themselves for the future, there's only one driver that they need in the ride. It's not Brad Keselowski. It's Ty Majeski. Oh God, the sixty car. Dude's yeah. a uh, bring the sixty super car late back. model driver though. Does he race in the league with you? Uh, or in real he life? Does, he does not. He races. Jeez. <clears throat> he races real life. Okay. He's won the snowball derby uh, so many times. That was the weirdest, weirdest year of all time with that sixty car. It was in a wreck every single week because it was. Yeah, because there was like a tracker on Twitter. It was like every incident that he's been a part of, and it was like every week except like four. We sure it wasn't uh, Natalie Decker in the car. No, geez, I remember one of the first podcasts we had was when Natalie Decker took Spencer Boyd's Stole hat. Boy, yeah, that was like the worst <laughs> podcast we've ever had of all time. But <laughs> this first I just remember that. Atrocious. Yeah, if you ever want to, if you're ever interested, no, go on SoundCloud and look no, up behind no, no, the wall. No. <laughs> oh God! What a I'm gonna, time! I need to. I keep. I keep thinking I I need to I need to like hide them because they were they were so bad. Nah, it shows how far we've come. Stuff. Jay was on a rampage back then. That was like Savage Jay. I don't really remember to be honest. I'd I'd like to go really? back and listen to them. I mean, I do to an extent, but I don't really remember exactly everything we talked about. We were all probably like Is- super nervous and everything too. Yeah, I can't yeah no, I was. I went back the other day and was listening to. Uh, I have so many audio files on my computer, and I was deleting a bunch of them. But I saved a couple of like the beginning podcast audio files, and I went and listened to one of them. And I think it was one that Josh and I did because we didn't think Jay was going to make it, so we recorded a whole episode. Then Josh or Jay ended up being ready to go, so we didn't. Uh, sorry, we re-recorded it, and I went back and listened to the first one. It was so bad. Yeah, and I remember one one week, uh, the viewers don't know it, but uh, we recorded a pod, and 
I mean, there wasn't really anything wrong with it, but we just like weren't really like feeling energetic, and we were just like, screw it, we're not even gonna post it. I remember that. Yeah, and that was when we just the the pot stopped for what like a year, and then COVID hit. Like, oh, let's do it again. Yeah, we're back. And then I gave my super hot take about rain. Oh God! And then you just screwed worst the hot season. take of all time. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry, worst. guys. You know what? I already apologized once this podcast. I don't want to do it again. Um, that's. I mean, honestly, that's that's all I got. You guys, you guys want to talk about anything else? Uh, it, I, I think the pre- it's pretty cool that uh, Josh Berry is going full time Xfinity racing with Tire Pros and Junior Motorsports next year. That uh, I was oh, pumped yeah. for that because forgot about that. I've gotten like super into like late model racing. I saw Josh Berry win a couple weeks ago and at Langley, and he's just he's so good. He's so talented. Glad somebody like ended up partnering with him and is gonna like put him in the seat. But then JRM's got a either gonna go down to four cars or they're gonna go to five because Sam Mayer's already guaranteed to be in that seat for 2022. So I think Gregson's out. I don't know because where would he go? Gregson's good. He's just Gregson he needs to be Gregson's smarter. not going to Cub. No, Greg, yeah, he's Gregson's not going to Cub. Just, he's, I could see him. I could see him driving for GMS though. I mean, honestly, I mean, if if he could bring him a sponsor, I know he's got like Bass Pro and Bass Pro Black, Black Rifle, Rifle Coffee, but I don't know if that's enough to be honest. But I mean, I don't really see him leaving Junior Motorsports. I think he's a good fit with them, honestly, and he's a dynamic driver. I think they need one of those. Yeah, I hate to and, say it, but I think somebody like Michael Annette might be on the way out, even though he does have, you know, good sponsorship for JR, Junior Motorsports. But going back to it and all, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to make too many conclusions just yet because we haven't seen him race that much. And but I don't know about Sam Mayer. I mean, I know he's guaranteed the ride, but I think it might have been a little too fast for him to move quite up yet. And uh, I just haven't really seen anything exciting out of him. I was really impressed with him when he uh, performed at Bristol uh, last summer, I believe it was, um, you know, running the Arca race and then the truck race. But, uh, you know, I just haven't seen the same skill out of him for some reason. It's just been a little uh, disappointing. The Sam Mayer train came hard and it came quick. And I think it it, it definitely came too quick and should have should have sat there and gave him some more seat time before they made the decision. Cause I think they might've shot themselves in the foot. Yeah. I like Sam Mayer. It was cool to see him win the truck race at Bristol, but I agree. It is really quick. I don't, y'all know how I feel about guys jump, jumping into the next series when they haven't raced in trucks and trucks are so similar to how cup cars are driving. Now I think trucks is a really good opportunity for them to get into the high downforce situation. So I think, Trucks would have been an awesome spot for him. But Junior said on Reddit that five cars is definitely like a possibility because, you know, Allgaier is bringing in the money with Brant. Uh, Michael Annette's bringing in the money with Pilot. Noah Gragson's got Bass Pro and Black Rifle Coffee right there, which is kind of the same thing because I think Bass Pro or Black Rifle Coffee is like associated with Bass Pro. Who else do you got there? You got the eight car. You got Josh Berry. He's going to be there full time. Sam Mayer full time. But the thing is, Josh Berry's got tire pros all year long. Who's going to back Sam Mayer? The dude hasn't had a sponsor all year. He's had a white car. And for a junior motorsports ride to not have a sponsor, it's like Sheldon Creed last week, last year. Racing for a championship, locking himself into the championship without a sponsor on the car. That's insane. And 
as money driven as the sport is right now, Sam Mayer needs to find a sponsor, or I don't think Junior Motorsports is gonna like put up with that for a full season. Because if he can't find it for half a season now, what's he gonna do for a full season? Yeah, you know, and it's I was I'm honestly quite surprised that he hasn't had any sponsorship because you know he's what is it a two time ARCA champion. So I mean, it's not like he's some unknown guy. I mean, he's he's pretty well known, but you know, maybe some people are seeing what others don't. I don't know. It's a little surprising to me, and you know, I I want to see him do well, but I, I just not I haven't been impressed. Yeah, I th- I think it came too hard, too quick. But you know, just like silly season, gonna have to sit and wait, see what happens. Uh, we got. A lot of spots still open, so I'm excited. Well, let's go ahead and jump into Dark Horse, race winner. Start with Justin. Who you got this weekend at Michigan? Race winner. Um, I want to say a Hendrick car, but I really don't think it's that any of them are that strong at Michigan. Except for Larson. You know, he used to dominate the two-mile tracks, but I feel like ever since we started racing with the – low horsepower package his edge uh, there has kind of gone away so i'd be looking at somebody typically from stewart haas but they've just been terrible all year i mean harvick was a lock for michigan but i think he'll do fine but i don't know if he'll just necessarily have a dominant day or if he'll even get up there in a lead so i'm probably going to go with denny hamlin i feel like he's a good all-around racer at pretty much almost every track we go to He's sniffing for a win. He's come so close. I mean, he probably would have won last week. But I feel like he's a pretty good lock. I'd probably bet on him if I were doing any kind of uh, sports betting this weekend or if uh, anybody was using him in fantasy. He's pretty much a go-to week in and week out. I would expect nothing less from him this week. And then a dark horse, you know, I've been thinking about it, and I know it just said – that Stuart Haas is having an off year, but I don't know why. I just have a good feeling about Cole Custer this week. Can't really explain it. He's just kind of been a guy that's really having an off, a sophomore slump and uh, really flying under the radar. But I feel like a track like this where there's a lot of on-throttle time could definitely, you know, make him more of a factor than other week and other tracks. So, um, you know. I'm going to go with him. Y'all know how high I've been on RCR this year, going into Michigan, so I'm going to leave them out. I'm going to go forwards with both my picks. I'm going to go race winner, Joey Logano, and dark horse, Kevin Harvick. It's like you said, it's you you went with Stuart Haas. I don't know. It's a track that I think Kevin Harvick can finally break through and possibly get a win at, but then – I've already said it. I think RCR can be really good. So I think they're going to be either really good or really bad. And I think uh, if we're looking at most consistent, I think Harvick's going to be a lock in the top five, if not battling for the win. Yeah, I got to agree with you there. Race winner, i got Kevin Harvick. Uh, he's he's too good at Michigan. I think this is a perfect track for him to break out and uh, find, his, find himself in victory lane. Dark horse, I'm going to go to Ross Chastain. Uh, you know, he's he's – He's got nothing to lose. He's not going to be in the playoffs unless he wins. And he's got a good chance at, at Daytona next week. But why? No, there's no time like the present to secure yourself in the playoffs. And 
you know, go to Daytona stress-free because you know that you're in the playoffs and you don't have to worry about the big one and your spoiled chances like uh, Jimmy Johnson did last year. But that's all we got for y'all. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 57 of the Behind the Wall podcast. Got Jay Josh. I'm Henry Hobbs. We'll see you next week.